moment. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Welcome back, everybody. It is JJ and Alex, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Thanks for being with us. Our program brought to you by G2G Bars, all natural ingredients and no preservatives. Make the G2G Bar a perfect protein bar for meal replacement, uh, for getting through a three-hour radio show, whatever you need. I just picked those things randomly. So, not that I have anything to do with that. Joining us on the program right now, uh, off of uh, heatcheckcbb.com. You can go to heatcheckcbb.com. Read the Roth report, and then we're, and and that's where you're going to get a ton of information when it comes to college basketball. Uh, Brian Roth joining us right now on the program from Heat Check CBB. Brian, thanks for being with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, we were not expecting to have such competitive teams here in the state of Utah this year. Not just competitive. <laughs> uh, I mean, BYU straight up. People were like, "Buckle up! This is going to be a bad year in the Big 12. And yep. here we are talking about a BYU team that just seems to stay in the in the top twenty five. What are their What is BYU doing that is making them so successful this year? I mean, obviously that eke out of a win against UCF last night was a was a nail biter. But I mean, this was a team that was expected to finish thirteenth out of the fourteen teams in the Big Twelve. Oh, absolutely! It's it's been a huge year for Mark Pope. Uh, and what he's what he's doing with that program, the way they play, the way they space the court, shoot the ball, the, the emphasis they place on not only getting quality three point looks, but the amount of three point looks that they that they want to shoot, coupled with how many good passers they have on that team, uh, it's made for some really really beautiful basketball to watch, and also one that's really hard to defend because of the, the stress they put on opposing defenses. And we've seen that, particularly when they've played against uh, lesser teams. I think the surprising thing with them has been the fact that they've been able to maintain a solid level of play in Big 12 play, right? Like they they were um, the analytical darlings of the non-conference schedule because of the way that they right. dominated everybody. And I, I think it was unfair for them to be viewed as, as that caliber of team. I don't know if they were ever that caliber of team. But the fact that they've maintained a pretty solid Big 12 record and is a, a solid you know, top five seed, in the NCAA tournament right now is a huge, huge testament to, I think, Mark Pope and that coaching staff. It's pretty clear the Big 12 is the best conference in college basketball now, and it's going to get even better next year with the teams they have coming in. How did this happen? How did the Big 12 become the giant when forever it was the ACC, even the Big 10? Recently, it's been the focus. So all the conference realignment that's been going on, particularly SEC and Big 12, and the trickle-down from that has been football-oriented. And Big 12 has obviously been football-oriented, too. Um, but they have put more of an emphasis on bringing in big basketball programs and successful basketball programs, more so than the other conferences have. They see value in that. And um, maintaining a foothold in the NCAA tournament, whatever form college sports takes in the future, you have to include the Big 12 at the highest levels of that because of the programs that they're going to have. Uh, so, so moving forward, that's been the biggest key. Looking back, though, at the coaching hires and the investment that all those programs have made, not only into the coaching hires, but to the programs, the, the um, resources allocated to facilities 
and things like that. Um, they have, have taken steps forward where everybody else has, has taken steps back. You point to the ACC. The ACC had the best slew of coaches in the country five, ten years ago. A lot of those guys got older and retired, and are, th- those programs are kind of in new eras and not as successful eras. Meanwhile, the Big 12, Kansas leads the way obviously, but Baylor's come up has been huge. Uh, Texas recently with Chris Beard and then Rodney Terry has been huge. Oklahoma, even with Porter Moser bringing him in. You can go up and down the roster in the Big 12. Like, it's been a successful hire after successful, successful hire. There has not been a program that has been consistently at the bottom. If you're one of those people who follows the analytics, and and we are, uh, because I think basketball is one of those things where advanced analytics they just they tell a, a story. When mm-hmm. you when you look at it in college basketball, what's the most important thing that like kind of really gives you an indicator as to how good these teams really are? The uh, I, I look two things. Um, I'll. I'll give credit to uh, my colleague Lucas Harkins, who's our bracketologist at HXCBB, who's one of the best uh, in the game at bracketology. But there are two different things um, with bracketology and the way you look at team sheets with resume metrics and predictive metrics. Oftentimes the team sheets have both of them, but oftentimes we get kind of confused and, and put the two together when in reality they're, they're, they're separate, right? So from a predictive standpoint, teams, uh, adjusted offensive and defensive efficiency play huge roles in determining how good a team is. And the team like BYU is obviously really successful with that because they show uh, adjusted for competition, how well you play offensively and how well you play defensively and the kind of production you can expect on any given night. The resume metrics, I'll point to quadrants as the most obvious one of these you want to have a good, obviously, quality record because it shows that you've, you've beaten quality teams. Uh, this year, more than ever, I think we've seen a gap between teams that either have really good predictive metrics but poor resume metrics or good resume metrics and poor, um, uh, poor predictive metrics. If you can pair solid efficiency on, on offense and defense, I would, I would go top 20, top 30 in both categories with an actual proven record of quad one games. You can have a, you, you've beaten quality competition. It's not just you boosting your predictive metrics by beating up on lesser competition. That's the, the big thing for me. You're looking for the, the teams that have proven they're actually good on the court with a good quad one or quad one, a record with those predictive metrics of, of there being some proof and, and substance, where it should carry forward as well. It has not been a great year for the Pac-12. Um, not sure how many teams are going to get in. It's not looking great. Utah, we thought, was a safe bet, but they slipped getting swept by the Arizona schools last week, and looks like they're right on the bubble. What are your thoughts on the Pac-12 and specifically Utah, their chances of getting in? Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is looking like a three-bid league right now. Uh, there's a chance they can get up to four uh, if Utah takes their business on the stretch and, and Colorado gets in there. And that's, of, of course, unless somebody else gets the, the auto bid. Um, Arizona, obviously pretty clearly in. They're back in the conversation for a one seed with their recent winning streak. Washington State has has played really well the last month, month and a half of the season. Um, I actually included them in a, my Ralph report that was published on Monday. Since they, they started this winter, I think they're 9-1 in their last 10 games. They're 15th in the country 
uh, in for Torvik in terms of how they perform. Like they've been playing like one of the best teams in the country. They've gotten off the bubble, still kind of on that nine ten line, but I think they're pretty safely in right now unless things fall apart. So for the Pac-12, you're looking at kind of that third team. Can we get that fourth team in? That third team right now is Utah, and at this point in the season. If you're on the right side of the cut line, it's avoiding that bad loss, avoiding that one that really drops you down. And the Pac-12 does not have many opportunities for great wins. So for Utah, it's just a matter of holding serve, avoiding that bad loss, and I think they should be fine. If you're looking at, uh, at the Utah State side of things, uh, Danny Sprinkle, who came into Logan this year for the as a first-year uh, head coach, Again, expectations were, hey, let's see what he can do, kind of get his feet under him. I don't think people expected Utah State to be this good. What makes Danny Sprinkle so good as a head coach? And what is he doing right now with this Utah State team that's making them one of the seemingly uh, endless number of Mountain West teams that are doing really well this year? Yeah, and they're at the top of that heap. You know, there are top five, top six teams in Mountain West that are all playing at a really high level uh, and have all season, uh, and they're right at the top of that. Uh, in, in conference play, I think they're they're still in first place uh, with a, a full game lead. Um, his style is very smart. It requires high basketball IQ. Uh, this Utah State team is not a great three point shooting team, uh, which is, is I, I know a stretch or a stray from some of the past Utah State no. teams, but they but they're really really good inside and dominate inside. That's been the key for them, and, and they've been able to bully a lot of the smaller teams that they've played with that strength inside. I have some questions about how that translates when they get to the NCAA tournament because you need quality guard play. We hear that all the time. You need experience in guard play in the NCAA tournament, which is true, and those aren't necessarily questions for Utah State, but um, are, are not the strong suits. But the fact that we're even having this conversation about Utah State in year one, it's what was a total, total rebuild with Sprinkle coming in, uh, again, I, I think says a lot about him as a coach and as a program builder because uh, he used the portal really, really well. Uh, and, and so if you're a Utah State fan, the next two, three years in particular, I think you got to be very, very excited. And the Mountain West looks like they're in position to get five, maybe a long shot for six. But like the Big 12, is this a lot of the metrics – I don't know, the, the, is the net ranking here a little too high? Do you think there's enough of those teams are really deserving for bids, and can they make noise in March? I think there's enough of those bids out there yeah. for, for them to get all six, all six in. You know, Part of it is the fact that they are still beating up on each other. There isn't anybody who has really fallen off and, and, and not held up during the bargain, so to speak. Like The fact there is such a jumble at the top actually benefits the conference as a whole. But looking like nationwide, you mentioned the Pac-12 being down. There are some bids left out there that would normally go to the Pac-12 that are still out there. The ACC is down again. Uh, there are going to be some bids out there that the ACC would normally handle. The Big East has fallen off. Uh, the bubble teams in the Big East have fallen off the last month or so. Teams like St. John, teams like Providence, uh, even teams like, like Xavier that were looking like potential tournament teams about a month ago have fallen off. They've lived some bids on the table as well. So it, there are there are bids available. And you look at the bubble, and a lot of these teams, particularly from the power conferences, have legitimate questions and legitimate holes in the resume, which I think does benefit teams like Mountain West or teams in the Mountain West. I'll look at New Mexico and Nevada in particular. I think those are the two that are, are mostly on the bubble uh, of those six. You know, They, they don't have the, the terrible losses 
and have good wins. It's just a matter of the the resume metrics and the the uh, predictive metrics being kind of bubble bubbleish. That's why they're in the spot. But from resume standpoint, they are, I think, pretty clearly ahead of a lot of those power conference teams that find themselves in the same situation. Speaking of the bracketology there that Lucas Harkins does at uh, Heat Check, taking a quick peek, and I don't know if you can write a letter to the NCAA, the committee, <laughs> that we could just keep it this way. A Utah State versus Utah 6-11, 6 being Utah State, 11 being Utah, in a first-round matchup. From our rating standpoint and from the TV ratings of our uh, <laughs> colleagues here in the building, can we make that happen somehow? That would be that would be perfect. I, <laughs> I love when we get those kind of those non-conference rivalry matchups going in the tournament at any time. If I could, if I was on the committee, anytime we could make that happen, I think that would be good. That's a great thing for college basketball. Man, it's been such a good year. Like I watching know. all this, you just don't want any of these yeah. teams to fall off. And Utah has had a, had a rough uh, rough go last few weeks. And so, is there a way for? Uh, you know, a team like BYU or Utah State to really fall off the the edge of the cliff here at the end and not make the tournament? I do not think so. Uh, BYU, I will say definitely no, because um, there really are no bad losses in the Big 12, right? They'll, they'll fall some seed lines, but there isn't that kind of backbreaking loss that isn't going to um, sink you completely. Utah State, I think, is a little bit different. I, I mean, maybe there's a possibility that if they, you know, were not to win a game the rest of the season, they could fall completely off. But I think they've done enough and are high enough to where they would, they would still get in. Maybe, you know, they're on that 11 line with Utah instead. Um, but I, I think both of them are, are safely in. Speaking of the tournament, how serious are people about adding more teams? Do you? Th- what, what's your feeling um, on that? <laughs> I think there are two feelings. I, I, the feeling among the people who are going to make the money yeah. uh, are that it needs to, or that it needs to expand. Uh, yeah. Ninety six has been floated out there as ninety six teams, um, but those who are not set to make money from it, I, I haven't met anybody who, who wants to expand it. Um, it I, I think we've reached the point where at at some point in the future, it is going to expand. And it's going to be at the benefit of the power conference schools, particularly the SEC and the Big Ten. That's just going to be the way it is. It is going to absolutely stink, but that's going to be the way it is. This feels like participation to... trophies for the Big Ten and the SEC. <laughs> Correct. There, there was the, the quote from Brett Yormark uh, this week. He talked about it, about how you know they want more of the pie because they contribute more and they would need more of their better teams getting in. And the general consensus was like, well, who are your good teams that aren't getting in? I'm sorry, you know, your team that went six and 12 in conference plays making the tournament. They probably shouldn't anyway, but that's what, that's what those conferences are going to push for because they want more of the unit money to come from that. And they have more of the power. So quite frankly, I think it's just a matter of time until they get what they want. Heat check is where you want to go get your information. Heatcheckcbb.com. And uh, it's just, it's, it's awesome to be able to kind of get this information. It's, and look, we're, you know, a month away from, you know, March Madness really uh, starting up. But uh, this is just a, a fun way to break this thing down. And if you have not checked it out, you got to go do it. Brian Roth the, uh, from Heat Check and Heatcheckcbb.com. You can get the Roth report uh, every week right here. So, Brian, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. There you go. HeatCheckCBB.com. They have a bracketology spot that I like to visit. I, I look at everybody's, right? But their bracketologist does a pretty phenomenal job of just keeping up on everything. And 
the Utah State six seed to the Utah 11 seed first round matchup. Bottle that up and let me live there forever. Well, an 11 would require Utah to go to Dayton first. Yes. Yes. Which would be crazy that you're sitting there watching a game in Dayton and Utah's reward would be a first round matchup with Utah State. Utah State yes. I think I would be in Dayton. That would be a big deal. Uh, and that would be a lot of fun. It's crazy that we have this many teams in state that could get in the tournament, that that's a possibility. Pretty cool. Uh, great year for college football here in the state, or college basketball here in the state, not for college football. Um, Brian was great. He he knew the teams here in the state really well, and it was able like to combine stu- his – It's like he studies his it. Over, he, he knows his stuff. So he knew the teams well and also gave us a big-picture uh, look at, at where those teams are fitting right now in the NCAA tournament spectrum. And uh, it's exciting. I hope Utah can get their act together here. I know they're banged up and dealing with some stuff that way. It would be great to have them in as well, and hopefully Weber State can make a run in Boise, but it won't be easy. That Eastern Washington team is really, really good. All right, let's uh, take a break here. Is today Wednesday? I know it's the 14th. Is it Valentine's Day? It is. Uh, ooh. Jeremy, you're supposed to tell me when it's Valentine's Day, dude. Well, I am. Yeah, you're supposed to remind me when it's Valentine's Day. We did at 3.30, remember? I thought that was for tomorrow. Today is the day? Yeah. Oh, boy. You okay? Need help? No, I'm just getting on a, you know, Amazon afternoon delivery. All right. Wait a minute. You 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 know what day it is, right? <laughs> I know. It's not a good. You, you found out at 526 p.m. You know what? Costco stays open until 7. They should have some flowers left, right? Maybe. They might have pie. You know, he didn't <laughs> urinate down his leg, man. That's a great place to begin. <laughs> Uh, Might have pie, probably not any flowers left, but you're welcome to go check. There are several Costco's. I got you some pie. Look, no, no <laughs> offense to Costco, but I mean, you're, you're, you're gonna go look for flowers at Costco. I got you some flowers and some pie from Costco. Flowers and pies. Flowers <laughs> and pies. Uh, you know what? Don't be like me. Win some tickets right now on a win ticket Wednesday. I don't think that's gonna get it done. Don't be like me. The last roses left at Costco and a pumpkin pie is probably not going to save you tonight. They're all, we have a handful of baby's breath that fell on the ground. I'll take it. Baby's breath. <laughs> I'll take and it. And the stems are broken. Please. All right. Uh, I can picture you walking in the I house know. with a big pie and some baby's breath. <laughs> Happy Valentine's you know, Day. Because you've had a lot of babies. Dang it. <laughs> a lot of planning going on here. All right. Uh, let me see here. Don't be like me, though. You can win a pair of tickets to Bill Burr Live at Delta Center next week, February 24th. But you can win them right now. So if you win them, then you can tell your sweetheart, hey, we're going to Bill Burr, uh, Bill Burr Live at the Delta Center. If you do not know Bill Burr, look him up, listen to his stuff. Super funny. 801-575-ZONE. That's 801-575-9663. A win ticket Wednesday gives you tickets to Bill Burr at the Delta Center in just 10 days. 801-575-ZONE is the number. Call number 12 right now wins that pair of tickets to Bill Burr. We will take a break right now. We'll come back. We've got more to go. Hey, the NFL Blitz. Got some more stuff to read up on when it comes to your NFL your NFL season that just came to an end. So we'll get to that next. Stay with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone.